God, was I Paul Giamatti in high school? Oh my God. Just with more hair, probably. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Sideways. I don't remember when or why I watched this movie. Such a niche movie. It is. I think I, I think I had to have watched it before The Descendants. Um, obviously, both directed by the same person, which is why I'm bringing that movie up. Um, but it would have made more sense, obviously, if I watched The Descendants and then was like went back. Um, but Sideways is also like it was nominated for several Oscars. Um, it won Best Writing, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. So. It's not like it is actually that niche, although it feels that way, right? It feels like it feels like the type of movie that this guy wrote on his own, got some actors to agree to be in it and like just made it really small budget because it, it feels that way. It feels like a small budget movie. Yeah. Maybe the look of it. But if you really think about it, like the sets and the the locations, it's not really any sets. It's actually just mostly locations. Um like real locations. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed is they went up um, to like mid northern Cali and went into like the wine country, like Solvang and, and such. And uh, I got really excited because I've been there and I actually recognize and they eat at the Solvang restaurant where I've eaten before. And I was like, holy shit, that's actually Solvang. So I, I was really excited. Now, you know, it feels like most critics when they talk about movies that are set in California, they're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I know they took the 405 and da, 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 da. Like, you're not one of those people. Yeah. You know, really, and you haven't seen this movie and we've talked about it. Um, the Trip. Right. The, this movie really kind of seems like a precursor to that. It, mostly in the first 30 minutes, because... This has more of like a, this more focuses on the story of it, of the movie. But when they're driving up to the wine country and there's like this B-roll of like real people, like going around these places and like B-roll of like the cooks making food and the wine being poured. And like the focus is really on all that. Um, and the trip is a lot like that, you know, that they've now done since the trip to Italy, the trip to Spain, the trip to Greece, like I think they're on their fourth one. And they're all great, but it does feel not that that they kind of stole this concept because that's not the rest of the movie kind of just goes into the plot and the story of it. But that beginning reminded me of it so much that it was like, oh, it was kind of interesting. I wonder if they got some, you know, some idea of like, oh, the beginning of Sideways, that's that would make just a good TV show because that's what the trip the trip is a TV show that when it's presented to Americans like is now a, a movie each time. Oh, I got you. Is it like BBC? Yeah. And so it's like put into parts over there, like four or five episodes. And then it's not like they're all on Hulu now. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. So um, it reminded me of a, of a different movie. So I, you, I was, are you going to say swingers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah now, you know, what's so funny. I turned to, cause Taylor was watching this with me. Right. And I turned to her and I was like, this is Swingers if Swingers was directed by Noah Baumbach. Well, it's Swingers directed by Alexander Payne. But no, yeah. no, no. But I'm saying like it it gives a very like um oh, how do you say it? Like um a down-to-earth feel. 
like uh Noah Baumbach and especially like <laughs> the part where um uh he goes and visits his mother that entire scene was very like Baumbachian which is now a a thing I'm gonna say the greatest regret in my life is making you watch more of his movies and making you aware of those movies because it's like well one could say i was a noah bombback connoisseur you know but i'm only interested in his major works please stop okay um but no yeah i got very much strong swinger vibes from this film well especially like the calls and then the fact that you like jack is the vince vaughn character and paul giamatti is the john favreau character and like if john favreau's character was a total douche John Favreau's character is kind of a douche. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what it is about Paul Giamatti, but like, so the beginning is like, he's set up as this like real scummy guy, right? You're kind of depressed. Scummy I think guy. that's a lot of what, just the way Paul Giamatti looks. I don't know. But that's, that's the problem I had with it, David, was the fact that it was even by the end of the movie where they were trying to make him like this charming guy. I wasn't get. I just wasn't buying it. I was like, there's nothing you can do to Paul Giamatti that I'm going to look at Paul Giamatti and be like, wow, what a great a main character. Love that guy. Sorry. I love Paul Giamatti. Don't apologize for your takes. No one was offended by your take. There was no need for you to say sorry about it. Well, no, I mean, I just like, I do like Paul Giamatti as an actor. I, I have really enjoyed the movies he's been in, but making him like the main character of this, like seemingly charming movie is just really hard for me to get behind being like oh now he's charming okay i'm totally buying that it wasn't we'll get to it when we get to it i don't think it was him charming i think it was him just being normal like it was him it was her him turning off like the pretense and the and his like his pompous nature you know i mean that was what it was just him being like normal this is the only way i can describe it so i think the best way to just kind of talk about his character is to start talking about the movie so I'm just going to kind of like um, prelude it. It's basically about two guys who go up to wine country on like a bachelor party. Oh, a bachelor week, which was pretty. Yes, a bachelor week. And Paul Giamatti plays the the character who recently got divorced, who's like kind of this like wine connoisseur. And then Jack, who is kind of this guy who is getting married, who really should never be getting married. Yeah, he's a he's an actor who's hasn't really had any big roles, and now he does like voice work and stuff. And who's like the douchiest character I've ever seen in a film? Yeah, similar to Vince Vaughn, though he he is a douche. But there are several moments I'll point out where I'm like, he he is making a little bit of sense here. Um, like the, I enjoy the advice he gives to Paul Giamatti. Like Paul oh, Giamatti's what? character's name is Miles, right? Yeah. I do actually, I was like, yeah, you know what? He actually should listen to him. Yeah, but the things he was doing on his own, no, yeah, he's an asshole. Um, I, real quick though, I love the opening. Just him like being told he needs to move his cars, move his car and he runs out and there's these two cars sitting there and your one's like, Oh, they're both kind of nice, whatever. And it's like, no, the shitty one behind them is the one he needs to move. Um, and then him telling uh, Jack, played by Thomas Hayden Church, like, oh, no, I'm out the door. I'll be there any minute. Um, yeah. And then he like poops and flosses and gets a, uh, I love the way he says croissant, just because it sets up like that's who this guy is. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about 
that but the fact that it's like he flosses and you really get a you really get a feeling like he he's the type of guy who never flosses but because he needs to be somewhere in a hurry today is the day he's decided to like take five minutes to floss now i took it the opposite of he's just in his routine and he can't he's not going to turn it off for he's he woke up way too late to make it on time and instead of consolidating the things he's going to do he still has to pooping it you had to do that that's a long drive there's but, no excuse of you having to stop in a coffee shop and order a croissant and a cup of coffee no i mean you could drive through although in 2004 how many you know i don't know maybe they maybe there weren't as many duncan drive throughs maybe those were all i i literally said out loud while watching the beginning of this movie all right i get it he's an asshole like yeah i, I, I get that part of it and like it, well doing the, the crop doing the crossword while he's driving it was like holy shit yeah, but I mean, I'm on my phone when I'm driving, so I don't, I can't but not just that. the well, it was 2004, so less the phones weren't as good back then. But just the idea of like, I'm not going to cut anything out of my day, even though I'm running extremely late. And what's it's really funny too is the the way it's shot when they leave uh, Jack's house on the way to wine country, like the timing, the sun is like almost setting. So, and this is. <laughs> seemingly like what summer maybe spring maybe early fall i guess well, he's essentially driving from san diego to los angeles isn't he yeah but my point is is like he was supposed to be there at noon and it looks like it's anywhere from like 6 to 7 p.m when yeah, he's but when they're finally leaving he's supposed to be there at noon from he's supposed to leave his house in san diego and go to meet jack in la he's supposed to leave at noon or he's supposed to be in LA at noon. He leaves at like one. I mean, he's not, he's going to arrive in LA at like 6 p.m. Well, no, it's, I, I don't know. I thought it was like a two hour drive. San Diego to LA? Yeah. Nah. I don't want to argue with you. Look, um, you take the 405, and unless you hit the. <laughs> uh, one interesting thing is the house of his like wife's you know, his soon to be mother-in-law and father-in-law yeah, is right across the road from OJ Simpson's house, the OJ Simpson house where the murders took place. <laughs> oh, um, wait, did, was that mentioned in the movie or did you just recognize it? Recognize it. I, I just looked it up. Oh, um, but I, I think the, the beginning is great. It, it, it kind of it sets up the characters because not only is Paul Giamatti he's like a snob, but he's also kind of a slob, and he's a snob slob. And I don't know if that's just his look. Maybe also the clothes didn't help, especially like. I know. also think I don't think what helps was um, Paul Giamatti's face. But like seven, yeah, that's good stuff. We make fun of the way the man looks. Paul Giamatti's a treasure. But like 17 years later, I don't know if the clothes are hurting him, you know, what he's wearing, the cash, casual he's going for. I didn't think what Jack was wearing was all that great either when he was trying to impress the uh, styles of the Stephanie. early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like any of it. I wasn't a fan. I don't know uh, if that's acceptable in, uh, you know, Sonoma. Um, and I also liked him asking about the book, if he had read it, and then kind of uh, tricking him by being like, oh, what'd you think of the new ending? Yep. <laughs> Jack's response of like, well, maybe it's just it seemed different because of everything leading up to it. That's why. <laughs> yeah, which awesome. is something totally like 
I see people say all the time. <laughs> um, and then you talked about the mom part. That that part's also pretty funny. He steals like 500 bucks from his own mom. Yeah. Yeah, he does it while looking at pictures of his, his deceased father, too. On her birthday. <laughs> he bought her flowers, though. We don't and we don't really get that's almost just like an aside thing, but we don't really get that he's like struggling or anything. And he also seems to he seems to go to wine country a lot and like spend money. Yeah. But we never get anything else about him. You know, he's just he's a eighth grade English teacher, but we never get anything else about him like being broke or needing money or whatever. Like everything I didn't else. I think he was broke. I didn't think he was broke. I think I think the movie just wants to establish that he's a, a scummy dude um, who steals from his mother on her birthday. Right. He's signing the card as he's walking in the door. He couldn't even be troubled to do it before then. Like all the little touches. Great. Yeah, all the little touches are, are nice. And then as they're sneaking out in the morning and um, Jack is going to turn off the TV and he's like, no, no, that'll wake her. We, we got to just get out of here. Do you recognize that TV show that was playing? No. It's the it's the kids next door. Oh. It's a car- cartoon, yeah. Yeah. That's hey, good. So um when they get to wine country uh is one of my favorite scenes actually. And so I actually have a glass in front of me, so I'm just gonna kind of pantomime it. But well, it's a good thing this is a visual podcast. <laughs> when uh you'll you'll understand why in a second. Uh when they go in for their first like tasting, right? Paul Giamatti is basically showing Jack uh, that this is how you go about tasting wine. And so it's like, you know, you stir it around and then you sniff it. And my favorite part of that is when he's like, strawberries, a little bit of asparagus and a, nut cheese and then jack goes yes yes strawberries for sure <laughs> it's just my favorite part well, my favorite part is paul giamatti sticking his fingers to his ear to block out noise so he could focus ah. on his smelling that's yeah. th- that part aside i don't know if that's something you need to do i mean i've watched the psalm documentary so i feel pretty confident saying i've never seen them do that yes but I do like the detailed nature when they talk about the wine in general throughout the movie. Like it's, it's definitely snobbish, but it also is, you know, from watching other stuff on it, it is like such a world that it is yeah. cool that they like how successful they were, but it was successful enough for me, like how well they talked about it. Well, see, this is the issue I have is that I feel like apart from that scene, everything else was like pretty accurate and, and, he he actually seemed educated in um what goes into tasting wines but that first scene where he's like "Mm," and a little bit of rosemary and nut cheese i was like is he just total full of shit like is he just like reeling everyone along like jack is jack seems honestly genuine into trying to like learn and then i was like it's going to cut to the guy selling the wine being like looking at him like he's fucking insane. But the guy selling the wines like nodding his head like, yes, yes, it is nice, isn't it? Like, I'm like, is everyone insane in this movie? You should watch some like 
real sommeliers taste wine and describe it. And then you will be like, that scene was benign compared to what they actually talk about when they say like, talk about wine. Is it like a documentary or something? Yeah, it's called Psalm is the one I watched. But one of the guys in there was saying how like, when he describes certain wines, he says it, it smells like a uh, freshly opened can of tennis balls or like garden hose. I feel like that's just being mean to the wine. Well, no, I think it's, I don't know. It's probably describing a specific attribute of one of the wines because a lot of that has to do with like where it's grown, like the type of grass, like what the weather was like that year. All the, not, not type of grass, but type of dirt I meant, but (laughs) you got to grow the grass around the vines. (laughs) Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, But anyway, we're digressing very far off on a subject neither of us know very much about. So we <laughs> it's on. so funny. Um, okay, so we're moving on, right? Well, uh, and then, but the last little line of like, are you chewing gum to Jack? And then it cuts oh, is, is great. Yeah, that is great. Um, so let's just talk about Jack for a second. So Jack's going to get married into this like very, very wealthy family. Um, but Jack is a total dog. Right. Like he he looks at his bachelor parties like his last week to just like fuck bitches. Right. And um, he really want like his intentions seem good as far as like, look, my pal Miles recently got divorced down on his luck. I really want him to get laid. Right. So like in the beginning, Jack's whole motivation is to get Paul Giamatti laid. And then that like flips on a dime. He doesn't like really care about that. And he just wants to get laid himself. It's kind of, it's kind of secondary, right? Like, so at the restaurant, the right after the wine tasting, that's when they meet Maya and you can kind of tell like Paul Giamatti does a great job of like showing that he's very interested in her being subtle. Like it's very accurate to one. It kind of seems like a teenager who's like interested in a girl, but like two, it's like a guy who hasn't dated in forever because he's now divorced and he's really interested in this woman, but he's super shy about it. Um, I think he plays that well. And then Jack over there, like, yeah, basically trying to, you know, have sex with anything that moves because it's his last week of freedom as he describes it. Um, it but it, it's, you know, even a- after that, Jack is like, Hey, she's clearly into you. You need to make a move. And he's like, I don't want to. So it's like, yeah, he's a horn dog, but he also is like, Hey, she's into you. you clearly have a thing for her. Cause you're acting fucking weird. And so I'm not yeah. going to ruin that for you. But the breakfast the next day is where Jack really like lays out his intentions of like, listen, if you're going to be mopey, that's fine. But I'm trying to have sex on this trip. And if you fuck it up, like you're going to make me angry. Yeah. Um, and I love this like turn on Paul Giamatti's character. Cause it's like this realization that his friend like, what would you describe their relationship being as far as, like, their power struggle? Um, I always think of, like, Jack is, like, always the, like, more outgoing, successful one. And then just by happenstance, I think he says that they were roommates back in college. They were roommates. But um, the uh, the circumstances that led to this, like, binding friendship is that miles probably looked up to jack in a certain way right 
but this this telling response of him like hey look i know i'm about to get married and i know i play this like really great facade of this like loving fiance but i actually don't give a shit about my future wife and i just want to get laid and then you see in in paul giamatti's acting that this like vision or this thought that he has of his friend is just kind of like crumbling yeah you can tell for sure that he is not comfortable with jack cheating on his soon-to-be wife that he's very opposed to it without saying it and that also says a lot about his character as far as like he's like the meek one and he's like you know he's the jack's the alpha and he's the beta as of like the group and so he's not going to question he's not going to question jack um and then they meet uh sandra O, who plays stephanie in the movie um who also at the time was alexander payne's wife which i think is interesting i didn't know that yeah um and they i think they get they get divorced like a couple years after this but he had to like direct the sex scene between uh jack and his wife and he was telling him like hey it's got to be more passionate (laughs) which is like (laughs) definitely some opposing like some opposing like motivation there for him Um, i will say i will say um yeah i'm not an avid gray's anatomy watcher i will say i have seen a couple episodes i never found sandra oh like very not not attractive just you know She's attractive, but it just, I was like, oh, okay, that's Sandra. Oh, that's fine. But in this movie, I'm like, all right, damn, Sandra. Oh, like, been kind of hot. Sure. She'll be glad to hear that. Uh, I think, I think a lot of your feelings have to do with like her personality in this, especially. And it's like what Jack is drawn to, too. Like, she's just very chill and laid back. Um, Well, I mean, also in this, in this movie, she's wearing a lot of like, like t- really tight tops that reveal midriff and in uh, Grey's Anatomy she's wearing mainly scrubs so I think that has a lot to do with it David wow so first you're objectifying her and then you're talking shit about our first responders <laughs> yeah okay yeah you can take it that way um yeah I, I like that first scene though because you know Jack is putting out this horn dog energy and she's just like reciprocating it and he knows like all right this is my this is my go-to um, and they set up the thing, you know, for later. Uh, but the scene right after that, when they're uh, Paul Giamatti is talking about his ex and this is when you get the first inclination that, Oh, he's, you get the inclination that he's interested. He's still in love with her and maybe like wants to get her back. Um, and Jack just dashes that with like, Hey, she's remarried buddy. Like, um, and then him him running away with a bottle of wine being chased down and like pulling out the cork with his teeth and like swinging that, it. That's when it reminds me the most swinger moments, right? Because what is um, John Favreau's main, you know, goal in the, in the whole movie is him trying to get back with his girlfriend and not being able to do that or his ex-girlfriend not being able to do that. And I feel like, the way this is played out, I like it so much better um, as far as like characterization goes, because not only is she remarried, but throughout the whole movie, the stakes get higher, right? Because at the end of it, I mean, spoilers, but no spoilers, she ends up being pregnant, right? Yeah, his ex-wife, yeah. His ex-wife. So 
I really like how they build on just the hopelessness that he's never getting back together with her. Right. Right. And I think, yeah, the ending too, because it, he keeps finding out more and more information and like every time it kind of makes him spiral somewhat. Yeah. Um, the, I think the next part is probably the, the heart of the movie and like my favorite part. And it's just like sets up the, where the rest, the rest the of the dinner, the dinner. Yeah. I will say before that in sort of in line with his pompous nature, he's like saying like, Oh, she's just a waitress as he's an eighth grade English teacher. Like he has these aspirations of being something more and he's like denigrating her when he's like, his life isn't exactly in order either. Um, but that's when, that's when you can turn to Jack and like almost Jack becomes the likable character. Cause when miles hits like, Oh, she's just an eighth or she's just a waitress, whatever. Jack is always there to like snap him back and like make him like, look at the bigger picture. Like that's some demeaning. Sh- like, I think he even said, he's like, yo man that's some demeaning shit bro like he, he's like don't say that you know that's your thomas hayden church impression that was pretty good right i think the sandman de- deserves a little bit better from you but that's fine <laughs> Sandman. um i also this movie is mostly known by people who you know have watched it or not watched it for being the like i'm not fucking drinking merlot and I remember like I knew about that going into it and then watching it for this second time, I'd watched it, you know, years and years ago at this point, I remember that being a bigger point and he only says it once. Yeah. But it's just still like so iconic and like such an iconic scene. He's there's so much gusto in the, in the delivery of like, he really does not like Merlot. And what's funny too, is apparently um, Pino, the wine that he talked about loving so much and like really went into why it was so great. Yeah. After this movie came out, the sales went up and the sales for Merlot after this movie went way down, like for a while. That's so weird how, that, that this movie has an impact like that. Because honestly, before last week where you like mentioned it, I've never heard of this movie. Just nominated for a bunch of Oscars, including Best Picture. But I mean, you were like seven at the time, right? So I was 12. Oh, OK. Same, yeah, same thing. Sorry, um, you're an old ass man, but listen, the, the, the fact is, is, and plus I, this is not a movie I would be watching at 12 years old anyways. Um, the, the dinner scene is awesome, right? Because this is where Paul Giamatti is really spiraling out. And uh, I love Jack's like advice, like, Hey man, don't, don't get too drunk. Don't go to the dark place. And he's like, I'm not going to go to the dark place. And where does it go, David? The dark place. Dark yeah, this, place. this movie uses montages very well and uses them a lot. Um, it th- uses it so much to the point where it's like you're 40 minutes in and you've already experienced like six montages and you think you're like three hours into this movie. <laughs> right. And this one is, is really great because the dinner starts out. He's a little nervous, but he sort of gets into it and they're having a good time. And then the montage slowly declines and him drinking more, him yeah. being more like aloof to everyone and everyone at the table does a great job of like showing that they know something's off with him um and, and then I love, how, I love how smooth um jack is like he's uh miles is about to pour himself another glass of wine and jack very like nonchalantly just takes the the neck <laughs> of the bottle and just puts it back on the table 
Right. But the, the next part of this is what reminded me of Swingers the most, which is the awkward phone call with his ex-wife. Yeah. Um, super, super difficult to get through. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and the, the angles, the camera angles makes it even more awkward. Yeah, well, yeah, it kept switching a lot too. But yeah, it kept coming in close and then a little bit back. Um, and you could really see like his distress. One thing I will say, and... I read something that Thomas Hayden Church said that they were mostly drinking like alcohol-free wine, but then Paul Giamatti said that he was drinking a lot of alcoholic wine and that he was actually drunk in the scenes he was drunk, but he does not seem drunk in this phone call. Not very convincingly um, to me. And also, I see see that. And also having said that um, at the end, she's like, you know, maybe, maybe it would be better if you didn't go to the wedding. And this raised a whole bunch of questions for me. First of all, why is that the thing you're telling? Like, you know, he's drunk because you said it. Why are you telling him that at this point? Like, that seems like a conversation you should have with him when he's sober, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, you're just going to spiral him out more. And then also, like, who's closer to Jack than, than Miles? Like, why wouldn't you be the one that didn't go? Especially at the end where it makes it very clear that isn't Miles Jack's best man? Well, I mean, yeah, and he's the one on this bat. He's the one and only person on this bachelor trip, which is also weird. What's also weird is that there's this plot point later on in the movie where you find out that the wedding rings, that for some fucked up reason, Jack takes with him on this bachelor getaway and puts him in his wallet and puts him in his wallet. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't have like a, a zipper pouch on my wallet. If I put something like heavier than a credit card in my wallet, it's going to fall out. That seems like a personal issue, but I also wouldn't put uh, one of a kind irreplaceable wedding rings in my wallet either. And why does he have both of them? Um, and why doesn't Paul Giamatti have both of them if he's the best man? Does well, you don't give carry the rings. Well, just a little advice. Yeah, you don't give the best man the wing, the rings like that ahead of time a lot you don't put do them you, in charge you're you're right david i'm sorry um do you keep them on your person that ahead of time forever no, you, always you leave, no. you leave you leave them in your room yeah you do um yeah until especially about if especially if you're about to like nail uh some waitress in the butt then you probably <laughs> then you probably don't have them on your person right if you ever want to drive home the hilarity in a scene just say the husband walked in as I was fucking his wife in the ass. It's just, it's like, it's like, it's like a little bit of the delivery you could add just to like, if it wasn't funny, like that part's going to make it funnier. Um, unnecessary to, to, I don't want to be so crude, but yes. Yeah. Didn't need to tell Paul Giamatti that was exactly what was happening, but I guess he had been having a, a, a rough go of it. So, um, but speaking yeah, the- of rough goes okay <laughs> when uh I'll, we'll get to the scene later but when paul giamatti goes back to the house no, was- no no yeah i want to go into i want to go into a lot of detail when we get there so let's okay. wait let's wait okay. the movie goes into a lot of detail so yes let's wait um after the phone call he sits back down right and sandra O's like hey i have a great idea let's go back to my place which obviously sandra O is a uh, DTF to um, Thomas Hayden Church. And 
yeah, let's talk about that. So they go back to Sandra O's house after the dinner, and Paul Giamatti seems to be kind of getting off his bender, like getting well, a little bit more. And Jack had just given him kind of a speech of like, hey, you're fucking everything up. You're never going to get your ex back. And this is when he kind of explains that Paul Giamatti cheated on his ex-wife and that's why they broke up. Yeah. Which is like the only time that gets brought up, but that's obviously kind of key to why Paul Giamatti is so opposed to what Jack's doing. Um, And I think all that's kind of just a little bit of like it's information needed to pass on to the audience and this is like a good point to put it in there right before the the night at stephanie's um but yeah stephanie and the trajectory of the night for stephanie and jack is slightly different for miles and maya like what their plans are for the rest of the night although it's like it seems like in the beginning maya would be if he was more forward would have maybe wanted to be a little more forward and then well, he he seems to well cuz he seems to miss several opportunities and then once he finally makes his move and goes in for a kiss she's like eh, the moment's passed for tonight i'm gonna is that what it is i was kind of confused by that cuz i was just sitting there watching like well he made his move and you've been sending him signals all all night like why are you going to be all like dodgy now I mean, he's very weird about it he's like perspiring a lot and then he went in like a he went in like a teenager just like i have to kiss you because i'm like i just got to build up the courage to do it and just like you know plunked her with it um and then think- she reciprocates that with like a, a friend hug which just hurts um i don't know if you've ever been there but i've been there uh brought me back to my, my high school days david was not a good memory to relive Let's not turn this into a therapy session. Let's keep it moving. We'll turn this to a Paul Giamatti therapy session. God, was I Paul Giamatti in high school? Oh, my God. Just with more hair, probably. Um, <laughs> I My favorite part, too, of this is it's like some of, some of the, the facial acting in this movie is, is great. But when he's talking to her about his book and he tells her it's called The Day After Yesterday and she's like, you mean today? And the, <laughs> the look on his face of realization, like no one had ever said this to him before that that like the day after yesterday is today. <laughs> yes. Um, it logically doesn't make sense, but it's hilarious in the moment. No, like, it's awesome. He, that he would have never figured that out. No, it's good. I mean, there's a lot of really awesome. I mean, I don't see this ever winning best picture. I'm glad it was nominated. But the fact that this one best adapted screenplay, you said adapted or original? Adapted. Adapted. It's, uh, it's based off a book. Based off a book. Okay. The fact that this one best adapted screenplay is just like perfect. It's like the perfect award for it to win because the writing is, it is that good. And also um, there are some great movies with great scenes of people talking to themselves in a mirror but Paul Giamatti looking in the mirror and saying, you're such a fucking loser. <laughs> like just, just struck me. So like, so well, I was like, that is so great. The scene also too is, and it happened at the restaurant. It happens more at night. One, you have like her passionate speech about why she likes wine, but then you find out she's like getting her master's in horticulture and she might want to go into wine. And like, she left her ex because, you know, he sucked, but you can see like, 
her growing in his esteem and it's also make it's it's almost making it harder for him to make a move right because she's like she's like now kind of above him like in his estimation of of you know the hierarchy he has of, of people yeah no definitely and i think this these two scenes are the key point where he is growing a soul like this is this is the point where the audience starts getting on his side right especially i think that failed first kiss between him and maya really makes you feel for him right so i feel like this is just the beginning of like the movie trying to push you okay yeah he's not that great of a guy but he's going through some shit and it's like okay yeah i get that well it kind of makes you just feel sorry for him like he's kind of pathetic right i mean they both really are uh him and maya no him and jack him and jack well yeah both of them are just kind of like losers i love all the moments in the movie where people are trying to place jack as like i've seen you before you've been in something and he's like oh you probably have um like if your erection lasts longer than six hours please call a doctor like he sees apparently the voiceover of the guy who does like the medical jargon at the end of like um prescription pills and (laughs) it's like yo no way you are that guy or you're that one character that reappeared twice on this like soap opera it's like holy shit and it's like no one no one cares like it's such a small thing in the grand scheme of things but it makes him feel important which is kind of funny well he pulled that married waitress at the end though we got to talk about that scene dude we're getting there we're getting there uh the next morning is funny when Paul Giamatti just the phone keeps ringing and you're just like as the audience like don't fucking answer that phone like you are not you are not equipped to handle this um and then another montage of Paul Giamatti hanging out by himself yeah. because uh Jack is like oh I'm gonna go hang out with her today you know you, which you can tell kind of Jack isn't having fun just hanging out with Miles because it's like Miles just wants to go around and talk about wine and like that's not all of <laughs> swingers <laughs> That's not all of Jack's interest. Um, right. But the one thing I noticed is uh, Paul Giamatti is out clipping his nails on the balcony. Who brings their nails clipper for a, a, a one-week trip? No, no, no. David, you don't understand. I've seen people clipping their nails in, in the weirdest fucking spots. I was at brunch one time. Oh, God. And someone at a, at a neighboring tail was clipping their toenails at brunch. Oh, the toenails. Yeah. And just letting them go on the ground? Yeah. Dude, if I oh man, if, if you I, saw that, what would you do? If I owned a restaurant, I would just be like, your your food's free, get the fuck out. <laughs> like what however far along you are. You would give them you would give them free food for doing that shit? No, I'm saying like you have to leave now and whatever you've consumed so far is fine. Get the fuck out. <laughs> do not come back. Yeah, it was like, inside. I, it wasn't even outside. It was inside. I can was, understand if, like, for some reason, you happen to just have your your clippers, and maybe you have like a single hangnail or like a cuticle you gotta take care of. Uh-huh. But just a just going at the toenails at a restaurant—that's yeah. that's gross. The only way you could justify it is if you have like one <laughs> hangnail, and for some reason you have your like Swiss Army knife on you that so happens to have a nail clippers attached to it. 
like, like even the, then like the convenience right just um just fight the fight the the necessity to do that yeah but i grew up in in florida so i've seen some shit with uh clippers nail clippers i don't know where i'm going with this but the besides the point um yeah, so I like that montage. He's just kind of like recollecting himself. At that point, though, we did forget to mention that he actually gave the copy of his book to Maya to read. Yeah, in two different boxes. Because right. we know it's like over 700 pages, apparently. Um, yeah, and after the montage of him being alone, he then goes bowling with uh, Jack, Stephanie, her kid, and her mother. Yes. And you can just tell like, how his acting with like how awful this night is for him is so good um the way then, he has to like talk to his to the to stephanie's mom and she like can't recollect uh recollect that oh it's a what was home depot home depot and she's like ah oh, if i brought that pro- if i bought that property and then at the end of the night the real killer is that she's like it was nice talking to you, Miles. And Miles was just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. My my question after that is he then goes to a gas station and buys a, a barely legal magazine. Um, not the, the first one the guy pulls, but he wants the newer edition. But then he goes home, draws the curtains, and then just starts reading it with a glass of wine, like reading the articles and flipping through it. I'm just like, that's not what that's for, first of all. And then second of all, like 10 years from then, you're just using your phone. Like there was no need to, there's not going to be a need to stop at the gas station anymore. So like the passage of time has definitely hurt the the porn mag industry. Yes, but you don't know how tempted I was to call that number on the back of the porn mag. (laughs) It was 1-800-TEEN-LUST. And I was like, I wonder if that, I wonder if it's still in service. Oh, wait, you, it said it on the back of the magazine in the movie? Yeah, on the back of the magazine in the movie, when he flips the page, it's 1-800-TEEN-LUST. And I was like, I really wonder if that's real. Back in like 2004. It's also too many digits. It is. It must have been fake. It must have been written up for the, for the film. Who knows? Um, and then he goes to see Maya and she's not there, but that ends up working to his advantage because later on she kind of like oh I, I heard you came to look for me and he at first is like well no i came to eat there yeah i came to look for you but you weren't there and she's like well i'm glad to see you today and he's like i'm glad to see you but before that date with the girls which is really like kind of a a, a finally a comeuppance for miles and like things going well the golf scene is so great like first of all him blowing up a jack but then the dudes who like hit the ball at them, which is really bad golf etiquette and him turning around and for the first time hitting a perfect shot, like right back at their heads. Yes. All that's great. But then Jack pulling out his club and like, this is going to be fun. And just swinging it like a wild man. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's like what I probably imagine. Like they originally imagined the bachelor party being like, like just two dudes doing like wild and crazy shit but like not as wild and crazy shit as like Jack has in mind. Also probably a lot more wine drinking on Paul Giamatti's part. Yeah. Yeah. Get And, and I mean, I think Jack was in it to get drunk. So um. I love, I love how the etiquette for like, I think everyone knows this, 
even people who have never been to a wine tasting, right? But the etiquette is you sniff, you oxygenate it, you give a little sip just to taste, and then you spit out the rest so you don't get drunk. And I love the running joke. I guess you could call it like a running gag that every time Jack has a, bo- has a glass of wine in his hands, he always drinks the whole thing. And whatever Paul Giamatti says like negative about it, he's always like, ah, tastes good to me. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember when I was like about to turn 21 and my brother like started talking to me about wine and I was just like, man, I, I'm never going to care about this. He's like, well, you should fucking care. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're gonna be quizzed on this, like, like yeah. later in the future. Once you get to level thirty, um, I, I, the, the scene with the girls is is really great because it's, as you said, it's probably the part you have a problem with. But Paul Giamatti kind of just acts normal, and he does really well with Maya, um, and it, it turns out he gets to go back to her place, and he like makes he makes the move this time. He like kind of grabs her shoulder. Um, and you know, he gets, he gets what Jack thought he needed, which he did need. He did need that with Maya. Yeah. But then the next scene, right. Where he, he can't lie to her anymore. And she's like, Oh, what are you, what are you doing Saturday? Who's having a rehearsal dinner? And the way that whole thing was delivered, I thought was really smooth. Right. He's like, yeah, but Saturday we got that rehearsal dinner. She's like very nonchalantly. She's like, Oh, that's cool. Who's getting married? And then his eyes get all wide and then it just cuts to what you assume he just outrightly told her. Like, like you said, he couldn't lie to her anymore. So she's like yelling at him, walking away and he's like chasing her being like, no, 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 you don't understand. I could have just lied to you again, but I didn't like all of a sudden, like that just makes him the good guy. I have been lying to you, but now I'm not I chose to. not to. <laughs> this is a, a good point to bring out a question I had. And I asked Ashley this because I felt maybe as men, we would see it one way. And, you know, I wanted to get her perspective on it. But I asked her, I was like, if, you know, if we started dating and our first couple dates were double dates and I didn't tell you or your, Maya and Stephanie are not really friends. They're kind of acquaintances that know each other just because wine country seems to be like a smaller community. I think they became closer friends by the end of this, David. Okay. Anyway, if I was like, if I didn't tell you and this other girl that my friend was getting married in a month, like, would that, would you stop seeing me over that? She's like, probably not. No, I don't think so. That's not, she's like, that's not my. But you can see, right? Like, you have to assume that she got out of her last relationship because not many truths were being told. So for him to withhold something like that, she would just probably, like, doesn't want to open Pandora's box and be like, okay, if you were keeping that shit uh, away from me, what else have you been lying to me about? Which was actually quite a few things, as, like, getting his book published and... uh, Well, that was also Jack... I mean, Jack is really the bane, like. Well, it would have been just as cool to be like, yeah, the book's being considered by a publisher. Like Maya was clearly already into him. Like the lie was unnecessary. I do think the one factor in this that makes sense why Maya was so mad, although in the end she gets over it. Um, the child and the fact that Jack's like, 
like acting like the almost the 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 stepfather to this child of Stephanie's like throughout the end of the movie, <laughs> getting her stuffed animals and like reminded me of a scene. Yeah, uh, the helmet scene. What helmet scene? When he's like when Stephanie's waiting there and she clearly knows and he doesn't know she knows and he's like, oh look at this big stuffed bear I got and then she just rears back with the helmet and like was that the helmet i thought it was a her purse no it was her motorcycle helmet which she then drops and then takes off without it which is also weird oh and then she's like and fuck you two miles he's like what did i do yeah 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 so that's the scene that that um it's my other favorite scene in the movie so because finally like jack is being this like slime ball right like he's marrying this beautiful woman in a in a week and he's just like banging sandra O and like being like i love you i'm gonna be there for you and your kid and your mom's awesome and then just like being like no i'm I'm still getting married and then but i was confused about that too uh was he actually considering of leaving victoria or and settling up in wine country or was he just like saying that for the time being but he was always gonna go back and get married I think he, in his own mind, was probably unsure, but it seemed like he was, it was, it was kind of like this vacation romance. So in his head, he was like, oh, this is so amazing. This is how it could always be. And Christine, my fiance is kind of demanding and overbearing and like, I might be much happier here. And so I think that is it was maybe somewhat of a struggle in his own mind, but I don't, I don't know that he was ever seriously going to leave his wife for Sandra O. Oh, but maybe. Well, maybe, but after Sandra O oh broke his nose in like three Face. different places. She could have killed, in- killed him with that helmet. She could have killed him. Um, but he keeps, for the entire movie, he keeps doing slime ball shit and Jack keeps getting away with it. Um, and I think that eats at Paul Giamatti because Paul Giamatti knows that he could never be that smooth and get away with it. Like he he tried. He with when his other marriage, he tried sleeping with someone else and he got a divorce ultimately in the end. So he knows he can't get away with that slime ball crap anymore. Um, or ever did. But to see Jack finally get his comeuppets, um is what? Comeuppets? Comeuppance? come up it's it's fine okay thank you um it's the um karma karma strikes jack in in that scene where sandro literally beats the shit out of him and his entire face is bloody and he has to wear this big ugly bandage um all the way up till his wedding and it's like yeah you know he he really deserved that well i love too after he leaves the hospital he's like i may sue her and like, I'm going to have to get multiple surgeries. And he's like accusing, accusing Miles of like, of causing it. And Miles is like, why, you know, I've already told you this wasn't me, you know, because before that he had said, he just straight up asked Miles, like, you told mine. He's like, no, I think, I think Gary overheard us. And then later on in the hot tub, Jack is like, but how'd she know about Saturday? How did she know it was on Saturday? I don't think we ever told Gary it was Saturday. Paul Giamatti's reaction is like, well, hold on. Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) 
we did skip uh, a couple pretty good parts. Like one right after the night with Maya and right after he spilled the beans about Jack, Jack comes and is like, so how did it go? And Paul's like, I don't want to talk. Please leave me alone. And he's like, oh, trouble performing. That's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> like something along those lines. But the uh, the scene where they go to uh, the Frass Canyon winery, which Paul G. Mighty really doesn't want to go to. So about that and i'll let you talk about that but i thought paul giamatti was gonna lose it a long time before that so the fact that he's held it together this long i was like really proud of him well and the 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 tipping point was finding out that his book wasn't gonna get published like for sure nail in the coffin and his his agent saying like yeah i'm kind of done trying here um so we need to move on but uh it's funny he's like as they're driving in there, it's like, oh, Fresh Canyon, it's a joke. And Jack's like, well, let's try it out. And then they have a wine fountain in the middle of it and like a bus full of old people all stopping there. And you can tell this is just like not his place. Um, right. But the scene where he's like treating it like a bar and the guy's like, maybe you've had enough. And he tries to pour his own drink and then just drinks the spit bucket. Oof. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it does get a little dark after that because he's like, you know, I'm so insignificant. I can't even kill myself. He's like, you know, how can I kill myself before I've even been published? Right. Which is like, what's kind of interesting is what I read is the, the author of the book, uh, Rex Pickett, but this book was not published until, um, uh, Alexander he killed himself. No. Oh, <laughs> wait a second. No, it wasn't published until Alexander Payne bought the rights to make the movie. And then it was published like and came out like a couple months before the movie premiered. Wow. So it's like he was like he was the movie coming out, I think, helped make it so he could publish it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But I just think that's like it's it adds to the darkness of that line for sure. (laughs) No, for sure. I mean, even without that, that that's kind of like the darkest that this movie gets but they also play that off as a joke right so jack is like well this author didn't kill himself it's like oh yeah you're right like (laughs) well no it's actually it's bad because if you think about it he's like oh i can't even kill myself because i haven't even been published yet and then jack is like oh well this guy he killed himself before he got published and then look at how famous he is now it's like what the fuck are you trying to accomplish here jack oh yeah that's right that's right but it's kind of funny i mean it's just kind of like this the, I love this movie and the fact that it keeps its tonality thorough, like consistent throughout the entire movie. You have this buddy movie comedy, but you have these very like kind of adult dark undertones throughout that deal with like certain facts of life. Um, and I think it does it, it, it does that really well. Speaking of dark undertones, real quick. I know you want to talk about the scene. I know you want to get to it. The last thing I want to say is his second phone call to Maya is very pathetic when he just kind of puts it all out on the line, but it's like, it's more real. And I think it's obviously in the end becomes more effective, I guess. And also adding in a letter that he sent that we didn't get to read. That's probably along the same lines, but let's get to Jack fucking the waitress from the, the shitty restaurant. Um, so I'll tell you the truth, David. I did not see that coming. Uh, going that way. 
Either one of those things. Either one of those things. You mean that she actually had sex with him or that the, the way it turned out afterwards? The whole, the whole thing. Yeah. No, I, I completely forgot about this part. It almost makes me wonder if I actually even saw the end of this movie because it's like, I completely, the end of this movie was completely new to me. You know what? It's kind of unnecessary. I feel like this movie could have been about 30 or 40 minutes shorter. Could have wrapped up nice with them going back. And, and I was like, this at this point, I felt like the film was a little bit dragging. Um, but it wraps up all nice in the end. So I, I accept it for what it was. But so this part was basically like. Sandra O oh beat the shit out of Jack's face. There's nothing happening there anymore. And simply enough, they could just go back like nothing has ever happened. But he just has to like bang this one waitress one more time just because. Um, and so he he does and gets caught by her husband um there's so many turns in this because he gets caught he has to run home naked uh five clicks which i don't know why they say the word click um but that's neither here nor there and then he's like we have to go back he's like no your wallet's gone he's like well you don't understand um the rings are in there he's like well you're gonna have to get new rings and he's like those are one of a kind rings and i mean even if they weren't one of a kind you have to go back and get the wedding rings like your 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 soon to be bride is not going to understand that you lost those rings. So let, let me ask you something because this is an interesting scenario that the uh, husband walks in on with his wife, right? And um, say the Jack, least. Yeah, yeah. So Jack is having sex with her, and she's kind of a fan of his, right? You you assume you you kind of get from their conversation that she's seen that soap opera that he's been in, and it's like, okay, so do you have a show? that you watch with your wife, like a TV show, like back in the day, like, have you ever watched like um, CSI or um, suits suits? Okay. Think of like a character, uh, an actor from suits, right? Mm -hmm. Now <laughs> imagine coming home one night and your wife is having sex <laughs> with that actor from suits. What goes through your head? Exactly the fact that you just got home and you're seeing a TV show character bang your wife. Like, Meghan Markle, what are you doing here? <laughs> okay, you wish it was Meghan Markle. I mean, in your case, it would be the dude from Criminal Minds that looks exactly like you. And then it would just be weird. It would be very weird. I, I think at the end of this, it would just be very weird. Well, I mean, surreal. clearly, clearly, I don't know where we had to get into specific examples here, but clearly like the, the husband was into it, as you can tell by when Paul Giamatti goes back. First of all, Jack cries to make him go back there, then guilts him into going by saying, oh, my ankle's still messed up from when I had to run away. Um, but once he gets in there and sees the couple having sex and using the fact that she was cheating on them as like juice to like make it, you know, nastier real. Hot. Uh, oh yeah. Good stuff. When he, when Paul Giamatti makes the break and grabs the wallet and she's like, Oh, he's got the wallet. He's got Derek's wallet. At that point, it's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Was this like, Sting operation? Like, not a, no, it wasn't a setup, but this has now become like, a, oh, we'll take this actor's money and we'll, we'll, 
will run up his cards and like i don't know things got a little weird right so there. let me ask you when he when he initially broke in to that to the waitress and in, in her husband's house i don't know her i don't think they even gave her a name in the movie but um cammy is it cammy yep. okay all right so when paul giamatti goes into cammy's house uh does that look like a house that cammy would stay in because it looked like five teenagers who smoke a lot of crack lives in that house i'm glad you asked this was actually weeks before filming a meth house that was hit like that was stopped by the cops <laughs> and this was actually except for i assume the meth part of it what it looked like when it was when like when it was you know the people were arrested and taken oh, out. Oh, so you're telling me that Paul Giamatti actually had a crawl on the floor of a meth house? I mean, that's method, right there. I don't. That's that's meth method. I think it was already there. I don't need. Did you did you need to spell it out for people? I feel like some sometimes I do. Yes. Um. I think we fully dissected that. Besides, uh, you know, the dude. I didn't expect to see his dick as he ran outside and chased the car down. And then no, that was a wiped, surprise for me too. wiped his flab all over the, the as and he's like, I'm going to get your ass, even though like, no, you're not. Did he say I'm going to get your ass miles? He didn't say his name. He didn't know. He did. De- he definitely doesn't know. Well, I guess maybe he does. Maybe the waitress knew their I name. I sworn I heard miles when he's running after him. Um, I was very much distracted about how nude that man was. Um, because there was not much nudity throughout the rest of the film, and for you, for for it, for the movie to hit you like that, <laughs> slap you in the face with slap it, you, slap you right in the face with it. Um, I mean, I'm, the most nudity you got to see up till that point was uh, Thomas Hayden Church's butt while he was having sex with Sandra O. Oh. But apart from that, you never saw like anything full frontal. So that that was quite shocking. But yeah, I could have sworn he was like. He said Miles' name, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, right before we get to the the last, the wedding scene, um, I love Jack, like, oh, I really want to drive. And yeah, it almost didn't click with me, like, that's what he was trying to do. But I was like, I think this is what he's trying to do. Um, and you know, as soon as they put the brick on that, like, on the car to make you it go by itself, it? you'd know it's missing that tree. It's like... <laughs> It was lined up perfectly, and of course, it's just going to curve. Um, that's great. The wedding scene is cool. You know, we finally... I was wondering the whole time, I was like, is Vicky, his ex, going to be someone we know? And she's not like a major person to me, but she is like... I have seen her in things, and so it was like... Yeah, I mean, she's she was in Friends... She was in the that new show, that Amazon show, The Boys. Um, she's she's played a lot of parts in a lot of different things. She was also something else in the '90s. I can't quite. Well, she was in Breaking it. Bad. That's where I've seen her from. She was Breaking Bad. She was in Friends. She was in The Boys. Yeah, she's a good actress. It's a pretty. I mean, it's obviously a pretty small part, but it's like one of those things where it's like you could have a huge person just for this tiny cameo role. Or you could have someone like that just is nobody. And so it's like, it is cool when you finally meet that person. You're like, oh, okay, I know them. 
Yes, but also I feel like it couldn't be too big. Like it couldn't be an actress bigger, well, more well known than Paula Giamatti. I think who they chose was really good because because um, Maya is not a very big actress. Like she's she's nowhere near like Paul Giamatti's uh, famous level. But all of those women are very much out of Paul Giamatti's league. It's really really being very mean right now um getting back to the fucking movie when he sees vicky you know he handles it fairly well until he finds out she's pregnant and it's kind of just like this thing of like oh man like it's just one more nail in the coffin i guess i don't know but the the fact that he goes and finally like gets the bottle of wine that he's been saving this whole time and then pairs it with like some disgusting fast food yeah that was was pretty cool um I liked the way the movie ended. I thought it was really great. Just the the voicemail giving us some hope and then just the knock at the at the door at the end. I really yeah. like that. Apparently, that has changed from the book where Maya shows up at the wedding and says she, she read the manuscript and she forgives him. Um, no, read- I like the way the movie ends much better than that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think the, the the ending of the movie is really great. So the only problem I had with the ending of the movie, although I did, I you explaining the ending of the book, I do like the ending of the movie better. And I, I like the ending of the movie in general. But do you think it's weird that someone just shows up at your front doorstep after you leave a voicemail? Like, wouldn't it be more logical? Like you leave a voicemail, they call you back, you guys talk about it. Hey, I'm coming over instead of just like cold call, like just showing up. I mean, people used to do that. People would just show, show up at places. Cause yeah. Cause not everyone had cell phones or cell phone service wasn't as good. So it's more yeah. acceptable. Okay. Yeah. I mean, especially even, I mean, 2004 is obviously I'm, I'm talking about it. Like it's the fucking dark ages, but you know, even before that though, yeah, you would just show up at people's houses and ask to hang out. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, out of the norm i don't think there was wi-fi i don't think wi-fi existed in 2004 isn't that crazy i'm not sure i'm not gonna check i'm not gonna crazy, check crazy to think about you know what's interesting um mm. just some facts i read about the movie just to wrap this thing up but one thing that's interesting is so alexander payne directed um in order election which is like his second movie but it's kind of his first big movie but election about schmidt sideways the descendants nebraska and i think he might have something else after that but i'm not sure but anyway no oh the thing he has after nebraska was downsizing the yeah matt damon movie in between election and nebraska every one of those movies was nominated for some sort of oscar whether it be acting writing or directing or best picture so to have so, like that run yeah especially for someone who is not a name that most people know is pretty fucking impressive. So I think we've established that the next film that we want to do is election. Um, We kind of, kind of want to keep with this running for Alexander Payne movies. We election didn't win anything. Was it nominated for anything? No, it was nominated. I said it was. Oh, but it, it just didn't win anything. No, you said in between election and Nebraska, were you including those two films too? I was saying yes. 
yes. saying all those movies. It was nominated for Best Writing. It did not win. He won Best Writing Adapted Screenplay for Sideways. Right. And then he won Best Screenplay for The Descendants. Those are his only two Oscars. Okay. So um, Election is really good. I'm actually really excited. It's It's kind of a movie like right up your alley. So get excited for that one, David. Okay. George Clooney really wanted to play Jack and Alexander Payne thought he was just too good looking and too much of a star to do it. And so that's why he got Thomas Hayden Church, which works out because Thomas Hayden Church is pretty much besides the the sleeping around and being an overall bad person is kind of the Jack character. He was like an, a bigger actor back in the day and then started doing voiceover work and kind of wasn't really doing acting. And Alexander Payne actually asked him to do this part. I'm sorry. Um, are you not a fan of George of the Jungle? George of the Jungle is like early 90s, isn't it? Or yeah. mid 90s? Mid 90s. Okay, that's fine. This came out in 04. Sandman, right? He was Sandman and, and came out Sandman after 3? 07. All right. So actually, Sideways probably has a lot to do with why he got that part yeah i mean it's kind of a funny character jack jack's kind of just a this kind of like off the cuff weird character but um there's some really emotional scenes with jack and i think he pulls it off really well so he was he actually good actor he actually got nominated thomas hayden church got nominated for best supporting actor at the oscars Virginia Madsen got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And Paul Giamatti was nominated at every award show before the Oscars and then wasn't nominated for Best Actor. And instead, uh, Clint Eastwood for Million Dollar Baby was, which is not a movie I've ever seen. And I know how it ends, so I don't really think I want to. But The Journey, David. The Journey. No. Uh, The last thing is a couple... um, pretty funny things about the the author so he wrote a sequel to this um called vertical okay. uh, and in it i guess miles writes a bestseller and is reunited with his mother and jack um but apparently alexander payne like had no interest in directing the sequel which i also read um he was unhappy with the changes sandra O oh made to her character um changing her name riding a motor motorcycle and having a child um so in the follow-up novel uh stephanie uh is there's like some remark about her now being a prostitute in reno nevada (laughs) so i um i really like this movie i think descendants is uh better to me i would be interested to watch nebraska because nebraska was one that i didn't hear about until the oscars it was nominated for a ton of shit it never really had a chance to win any of those and um but i just never got around to it It was also in black and white and i didn't realize alexander payne uh wrote and directed it so that's when i have to definitely give a chance um but you know this is still a great movie and um i really enjoyed watching it again yeah i mean to be honest with you when you suggested this movie i wasn't really looking forward to watching this movie um just because i'm i'm not that big of a alexander payne fan nor a Paul Giamatti fan, but I'm really glad you you had me watch this movie because it, it was really enjoyable. Um, the writing was really, really excellent. And 
knowing you, knowing this is like, this is up your alley. Um, you're going to love election because everything like comedic, like joke wise is like dialed up to 10 and in election. So you say you're not an Alexander Payne fan and then, but then you've liked descendants election and sideways. So I don't know. Yeah, but I've only seen um, Sideways and The Descendants because of the podcast, because of you recommending it, right? The only Alexander Payne film I've ever seen outside of this is Election. And that's only because my girl Reese Witherspoon is in it. And I have a giant crush on Reese Witherspoon. We'll skip downsizing. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Sideways. Sideways.